we're not just saying, hey, we're going to do this and, and you guys got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be an, an asset to them as well. This is the Interview Podcast on the Wine Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg. On the show today, we have uh, Mayor Pat Rafferty from Milbank on to talk about uh, who he is, uh, how long he's been the mayor, and uh, a little bit about what's going on in the world today. We have quite an interesting scenario we live in, in the United States and globally, with the coronavirus pandemic, Uh, and we just wanted to get him on and talk about what the response from the city has been and kind of where they're uh, where they see it going uh, so let's jump right into it we want to welcome mayor pat rafferty this is something i've wanted to do for ever since we started this this uh, podcast network i wanted to to try to get as many of our local leaders and you know the key players in the community on just to kind of see who they are and what they're uh, about we're in a unique scenario right now in the world it's um April 15th, 2020 right now. Mayor, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Um, just take a moment and kind of tell the listeners, um, well, how long you've been in that position and kind of uh, a little bit about yourself, if you would. Thanks for having me on, Craig. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I've i been uh, the mayor of Melbank since 2014. I'm on my second term. Uh, prior to that, I, I was on the city council, served one term in the early 90s, uh, kind of got my feet wet then, and, and then went on to uh, planning and zoning commission in 95, and then served on in that role until 2013, and we had a, a councilman that had passed away, and I was appointed to his position for my ward, and then... Uh, when the mayor was retiring, former mayor Asup was decided he would step down, then I stepped into the mayor's role. So I've been involved with uh, city government stuff for a long time. Uh, I, I find it uh, fun and interesting. Uh, if you can sit on planning and zoning for quite a while, you know, nobody is uh, ever happy when they have to come in front right. of planning and zoning, uh, it's only, they're only there because they're, they want to do something they've been told that they can't. Uh-huh. And uh, so if you can navigate through that, it kind of prepares you for the nice. the next step. <laughs> so it's good. And uh, my personal stuff, I am work at Dakota Granite. I'm the purchasing manager out there. I've been in a supervisory role for, Oh, Jeepers about uh, getting close to 30 years now and production on the plant and plant manager and saw plant manager. And now I moved into the purchasing manager role and going to finish my career out there. I hope uh, I've got uh, just a little over 40 years in oh, man. at Dakota Grand. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I started there when I was nine. <laughs> wow, I like makes, to say, exactly. <laughs> not, not quite that long, but uh, as soon as I got out of school, I was one of those kids that wasn't really too sure uh, what he wanted to do and and it just worked uh, i find the work very rewarding and they appreciate the work that i do for them it's a it's a good company and and it just worked uh so that's that's what i needed at that time it's been real good but uh so before yeah. before we get into this the city details um what has changed over the years out there in, in the granite business has there been much change 
I think we've gotten a lot more automated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have gotten a lot more automated. When I, I started there in 1979, in the fall of 1979, and in the shop production part of our uh, building or business at that time, we had uh, close to 100 employees and ran 24-7. Mm-hmm. And now uh, in that part of it, we're down, I think, and I want to say under 50, maybe mid 40s with uh, monument production and sawing and maintenance. Wow. And we work four 10 hour days and we get about the same amount of work done, a little bit less, but awful close. That's crazy. That. Yeah. It's really, uh, you know, the equipment will run 24 seven, you know, and so the guys don't have to be there. So the advances in technology have been a, a big change. You know, there's, uh, sawing and things like that have advanced uh, some of the handwork that you do mm-hmm. is the same as they were doing 70 or 80 years ago, pitching wow. on the stones and polish some of the detail polishing and things like that. So that's been real interesting. Is that so, just because there cool. aren't machines to do it? Yeah, okay. yeah, that would be correct because the the actual pitching when you have the rock surfaces is mm-hmm. all done by hand, hammer and chisel. Okay. And then we feature what we call a pencil polished edge or it's a small radius edge where two polishes polished surfaces meet mm-hmm. and you can do straight uh, edges very good with a machine but when they're radius or curved oh. that hand touches uh, what takes them to what it takes to make it pop. Oh, it really looks good after that's done. Interesting. Uh, how oh, far yeah. how, how far do you guys deliver? Is it worldwide? Yeah, we sell blocks internationally. Um, China, Japan, we used to do quite a bit to Europe. You know, those markets have really slowed down for us uh, the last few years, the building stone market. But we still send a few blocks around for processing. Other companies will buy them and process them. Uh, the monument side of it is all 48 states, and we have shipped to Alaska and, and some to Hawaii, too. But main, mainly just the 48 contiguous states mm. is our our business area or territory. That's fascinating. The mayor job, what was your biggest um, surprise walking into that position? Um, hmm, that, <laughs> that's a good question. Um I, uh, having been around it, I wasn't, you know, there wasn't anything that I said, whoa, Mm -hmm. about, you know, right away. Um, the, the budget, the city budget was very similar amount wise. And the bookkeeping stuff was similar to what I was doing in my, uh, with my employer. So I, you know, that wasn't really too bad. Um, there are certain parts of it that I like, uh, you know, I really like the, the construction projects and building stuff and and up uh, upgrading or rehabbing things, mm-hmm. uh, adding stuff. You know, as that's kind of I like to say in my wheelhouse. Uh, but I, there wasn't really anything that was too too uh, different. I guess the one thing that's that sticks to mind is I guess it comes out as to you know managing the public's wants and needs and or expectations and then also trying to manage the expectations of the council uh you know you work with a lot of different personalities 
I'd like to think I've gotten a little bit better at <laughs> managing some of that, but right. I, you know, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't mm-hmm. and, and you have to agree to disagree and, and understand that that's the way that it is, that some people aren't going to see it your way and some of them are and uh, some of them are, but they won't. <laughs> right. So it's, it, you know, that's, that has been, uh, I don't want to say the biggest challenge for me, but the most interesting part, because it, uh, when you're in private business and you have a mission that you are tasked with, you can just dive into it and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, here you kind of got to feel your way around a little bit and and work to get things to come out the way that you'd like them to in the end. So yeah. that's probably, you know, the one thing that uh, I know what I want and I know how I want it done and I know what I want it done. <laughs> uh, it doesn't always work that right. way in government. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... The new baseball facility at Farley, um, mm-hmm. is that um, still a uh, kind of a, a dream or is that rolling or are we moving uh, forward on that? Well, where we are right now, we had an update at our council meeting here last Monday night from the gal who's been overseeing the, the fundraising mm-hmm. portion of it for the firm that the Ball Diamond Association is working with. And they have a lot of good contacts out there. They've talked to a lot of groups that uh, are interested in donating money. Uh, nobody wants to be first. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, yeah, somebody's got to be first. Right. It, it doesn't matter what what happens. But um, and I understand that. I mean, they they want to gauge their amount of their gift on what the other companies mm-hmm. you know if. If healthcare provider X is going to give this amount, well, that's what we're going to do. Care provider yeah. Y is going to do better or do yeah. the same, and, and I understand that. You know, the city has made, uh, in addition to the land, a three hundred thousand dollar budget commitment to the ballpark, and uh, they do have they have raised a little bit of money, but now with uh, current events, they've kind of backed mm-hmm. off. A little bit, and that's uh, they had a, a couple issues on the, the fundraising. In the gal that is handling it had some personal things uh, going on with her family and was not able to really hit things as hard as they needed to be for about a month and a half, and that kind of set things back. But all that's understandable. I I would like to think that we can still get it done. Uh, it might not be as big and and uh grand as what we had originally thought or it might be better mm-hmm. but uh it's it's time uh we're just going to hit the pause button here for a little while yeah. until we find uh normalcy again if <laughs> if that's out there you know is it there still so, yeah <laughs> normalcy has left the building <laughs> wow <laughs> unfortunately All right. so let's talk about that um when, as the you know, in your role at the city, when were you first? Um, I don't know if briefed is the right word on this COVID nineteen coronavirus pandemic thing. Yeah, I, uh, I you know, we, we were we paid attention to it. I, I guess that I was personally aware of it very early on, back in even in January when they first started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, you big... guys at, at, at Dakota Granite, you guys are, you have connections in China. Yeah. Yeah. We do work with China and, uh, I was out at a trade show in Las Vegas mm. and, um, 
uh, right when the Chinese New Year was going on there at the end of January. So the people from China were coming and coming and coming over. You know, you walk out of your hotel room down in the lobby and and there's uh, 500 people there from China and two-thirds oh, of them got masks on. <laughs> and, you, you know, it just kind of it kind of set you on ease, you know. So I was uh, personally aware of the situation going on. And then when things started blowing up uh, over in Italy and mm-hmm. Germany, I have through work a, a number of friends. We buy Italian equipment and German equipment. And I've got a, a number of friends over there that I've known for 20 to 30 years. I have a classmate that lives in Germany. And so uh, back in Oh, geez, the first part of March or end of February, I was reaching out to them to see uh, how they were doing and what was going on. And and the reports I was getting back from the guys in Italy were not very good. Mm. Um, so, which was, it is what it is. And the Germany wasn't quite as bad, but the Italy situation was kind of dire. So uh, I will, you know, I knew that when it did get here, eventually got here, it probably wasn't going to be very pretty in the metropolitan areas. Right. You know, rural, where uh, we have a lot going for us in the rural area, you know, and uh, I can't say enough about the people of Malbank and the area of the way that they've responded to it. Uh, you, you know, you don't see a lot of people out and about or a lot of traffic around and people are staying home and they're, paying attention and so far I, I just checked the website over noon and Grant County's still at a zero. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully we can keep it that way. You know, things right. are blowing up to the south of us, but uh that's to be expected there as well. It's yeah. a larger area and people from all over. But yeah, it's a it's a real tough situation, especially you know, for a community our size and, and the businesses that we have, we I worry a lot about uh how they're going to come through this you know uh, our main street folks down there mm-hmm. hammered them last year year right down there Craig, with, <laughs> right. Uh, with the main street project mm-hmm. and and so you know i i can't uh i can't imagine uh how they're all doing you know probably not very well given that yeah that happened and just trying to get their feet back underneath them and then now this but it's a tough situation all the way around. Yeah, well, and you know, I've got in our business, I have a fair amount of uh, design work that I do out of state, and mm-hmm. so it's all done over, you know, online, and then we we manufacture yeah. and then drop ship to them. Um, yeah, that's perfect. And the the bummer though is early on, um, those states that I work with, they shut their states down, mm-hmm. and so a lot of our business in the spring that we rely on annually was just canceled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so it was kind of weird to have that direct connection to it without having, I mean, Millbank wasn't shut down. South Dakota mm-hmm. wasn't shut down. But yeah. because the other states were, it really hit us directly. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was difficult at first. Like, this sucks because I have no say in that. I have no, mm-hmm. no you know, there's no way I can even talk to anyone there uh, and, mm-hmm. and have a voice. Um now on March 24, uh, the city council got together and um, voted to um, have all restaurants and bars stop people eating in their facility. What brought that ordinance well, up? 
Well, we we worked. We you know, we had a meeting the the evening before, and things were starting to heat up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we wanted to be out in front of it. Um, not be, we want to be proactive instead of reactive to the situation. And those were the recommendations that were coming down from, uh, the federal government and the CDC and, and even early on the state government was talking that that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, well, let's, let's get out in front of it and we'll give it a month and see how things go, you know, uh, if people were able to adapt or, you know, the number one was concern was how are the business, you know, if, if we close these guys down, are they going to open back up when right. they can um, and, and see how things go. But that's, that's what uh, a lot of input, you know, I had a lot of conversations with uh, Kevin Schulke, the emergency management director, mm-hmm. uh, talked with all the council guys individually to get feedback from them uh met with uh we had a meeting all oh, this probably this was a saturday before that it was probably the, the 20th or 21st with uh with hospital administration uh county officials school officials and then law enforcement to discuss and the, and the recommendation overwhelmingly from the healthcare folks was you know we need to do something when we need to we need to be out in front of it um, we've got a great healthcare facility in town, um, not the biggest by any means and not the most well-equipped by any means. Uh, you know, they do have uh, good stuff out there and they've got uh, a couple respirators out there. But if we started to see a big bunch of cases come all at once, we would overrun them in no time. Yeah. And then your next choice, if... Uh, Melbank is full as another big town or Sioux Falls, and we knew very well what was going to happen there was what's happening there right now. Mm-hmm. So there won't be any room for anybody from Melbank. Uh, and it's the same way on the federal government level, as we've seen in the news that uh, the bigger states that are uh, more populous areas are really struggling with this, and they're screaming for all the federal supplies. Uh, another one of our concerns was by the time it gets to South Dakota, there ain't going to be nothing left. <laughs> will for there us. be anything left? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely be a flyover state at mm-hmm. that. Um, so we had to take matters into our own hands and uh, address things on a local level, what we could and what things we could control and uh, take the best approach, which was the. Uh, probably the most painful for the community in closing things down. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, if you look at it, we could still be open. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Mayor Wick over in Big Stone after we had uh, passed that resolution. And she's, they had closed uh, the Big Stone Liquor Store Monday, the previous mm. Monday before our meeting before we closed down and Minnesota had closed everything down on Friday. And she said the, the big stone liquor store was full of people from Clinton, Graceville. Oh, interesting. You know, that, uh, the closure in one state just drove them Mm -hmm. over to the, where the, uh, where they were still able to do it. And that was a concern of ours as well, that if that was happening over there, that, uh, there's nothing to stop people from driving another 10, 12 Mm -hmm. miles 
you know, in the, in the Malbank yeah. and they had some, uh, they were getting, uh, active cases over there in Big Stone County. I, and I don't know if where they're at right now. I know they were at one for a long time, but I don't pay attention to their Minnesota as a whole awful lot, but we do see, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I don't mean that in a negative right, way, but right. I'm concerned with, with us, but, yeah. uh, we do have a lot of traffic over here from Minnesota. There are mm-hmm. On the Minnesota folks that come to our grocery stores, to runnings, family dollar, convenience stores, liquor stores, and things like that. But uh, we didn't want to see the uh, close contact in the in the bars. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just it was the right thing to do. Maybe a little early, but uh, now we're into it, and we're I don't want to say getting used to it, but. Uh, we're developing routines or new habits and how we do things. Do you foresee uh, a date when this ends? Like, if, uh, like the, the resolution that passed on the 23rd. Um, yeah. It, it, does that, that have was, an end date? Uh, March or excuse me, March, uh, May 31st was the oh, end May date 31. Of, okay. May 30, May 31 was the date that we put it on. Uh, it was, it was set to end uh, today. Day, I believe, by the the one we did back in March. So we extended it now through May 31st at our uh, last meeting. Um, with, oh, just uh, this week. Just this week, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, this Monday. Yep. Yes, we were. We uh, there was a, a we could adjust it any time within 60 days. Uh, mm. You know, extend it. But we chose at this last uh, meeting uh, was my recommendation that the council follow the governor's guidelines and we go through to the 31st of may um there was some discussion about shortening it up to the friday after our may council meeting which is the uh, 11th 11th or 12th i believe it would have been like the 15th that it would have been allowed to expire but the way that it's set up as a resolution we can revisit the issue whenever we would like to oh outside of a standard meeting yeah, outside okay. of a standard meeting, and then take it off. What has um, been the the pushback, if any? Uh, we had uh, one of the local uh, bar owners that called in Monday night, and and he's having a hard time. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's just difficult with no income coming in, and uh, and he you know he doesn't sell food there, you know, other than maybe a pizza or two. And people aren't going to call up and, and get a pizza from him. They're going to eat it when it's inside. Mm-hmm. And he'd asked about being able to have nine people in there. You know, the, the guidelines are no more groups <laughs> than 10. Right. There's also the social distancing thing, you know, to where you aren't going to keep nine people uh, six to 10 feet apart in a bar. Right. It's, exactly. They're in there. They're, you know, so it's yeah. a, it's a difficult thing, but that is, that's the biggest thing, you know, I've chatted with uh, a couple of the restaurant owners and, and talked to uh, some of the council guys who visit with others and, you know, they're getting their bills paid and, and making things work. You know, we have to look at it as they're probably they're, if they're paying their bills, that's a good thing, but their help is probably out of work, mm-hmm. which is not a good thing. Uh, and the, being their helps out of work, then their bills are a little bit less, you know, so it makes it easier to get by, but it's still a, a burden for them to do to the point where it's like, you know, I, I, I'm just going to close up and write it out. 
Mm-hmm. The backs, the backside of that is, is if they, if we would let them open up or whatever else lifted or, or whatever we would do, and they did wind up with a case in their building or business, that then they'd be shut down for two to three weeks. Yeah. You know, until everything was done, they'd have to do a deep cleaning in there, and so you kind of you have to kind of pick and choose as which side of the sword you want to fall on, if that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, do I stay open as partially mm-hmm. right now, or do I risk opening back up and then have to totally shut down? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other side of totally shutting down is when you can't open back up, are people still going to be nervous about coming in your business right, right. because of what happened there? You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's really tough for them. And, and uh, I think we're going to sit down, uh, talk to... Kevin Schulke, the emergency management director here just before lunch for a few minutes. And I think we'll sit down with uh, the business owners here in the next week or so and get some feedback from them Mm -hmm. and see what they're thinking. Uh, We have tried to address the, I guess we're calling them essential businesses now, but uh, the businesses that are still open, like the grocery stores and uh, running store, family dollar, convenience stores and, and we've been working through the chamber to make sure that those, all those places have hand sanitizer and they're protecting their customers. You know, a lot of the mm-hmm. grocery stores have the, the shields up now right. and, and the counters are getting wiped down. There's wipes for the carts when you come in the door. And uh, we just want to touch base with everybody and make sure that they don't have any needs. You know, I'm a firm believer in that you can't, uh, make rules without giving people uh, an avenue to comply with them. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't say, you know, you got to have hand sanitizer in your store. <laughs> then, right. <laughs> you can't buy it, you know. Yeah. So we were fortunate enough that uh, we were able to source some, and we've been, the uh, city's been picking up the tab on that, and the chamber's been uh, doling it out as they need to. And, and all those businesses also, we're given some guidelines from uh, the local health organization on how to uh, manage. There's, you know, things that they should look out for, their carts, and make sure that the teller's areas are wiped down fairly frequently in the credit card machines and, and things like that. So we're uh, we're not just saying, hey, we're going to do this, and, and you guys got to figure it out. Mm-hmm we're trying to be an, an asset to them as well. So do you foresee any financial assistance or, you know, something that could go toward some of these specific industries that that are mandated locally to to really cut back their business? Is there any any responsibility I, that would fall on the city for that because it is a I mean, the, the, it's no fault of the business owner. Yeah, you know that, that this business is down. Where does that fall? Um, I I'm not going to say the city, <laughs> so you. Uh, but uh, I know that uh, economic development, the state and the local economic development groups have been looking at some items of ways that they mm-hmm. can assist businesses. And I know that uh, talking with those folks, that there are some options out there. For these people, uh, I I don't know. They're obviously probably not ready to do the rollout on it yet, or or we'd have yeah. heard something. Right. But uh, I believe that there are some things in the the queue for that. 
you know, the, the stuff that the government's doing with their small business loans and the assistance and things like that is really pretty complicated. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I am, I am a member of a, a couple of our industry, industry groups, uh, which the granite business is very nice and open. It's, you know, everybody communicates real well. It doesn't matter who you are or, or what you do or who you work for. And it's pretty open. And, and there's been a few individuals in there that have put together some great uh, informational stuff to kind of uh, dumb it down mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, yeah. or uncomplicate a little bit, so put some spreadsheets together so you can figure out your employee stuff and, and what you need to do, you know, if your business is closed down and, and things like that. So uh, there is some information there, but unfortunately, you know, most of it is government lingo and mm-hmm. 8,000 hoops that you have to jump through. Right. And, and so, which is a deterrent <laughs> right up front for well, most. I, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, the other piece that I, I don't quite understand the, the logic, I mean, I'm, I'm a business owner and, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't quite understand the small business associations perspective and, you know, the white house all the way on down to our local government. And I mean, I mean, our local state government, um, mm-hmm. their perspective is these businesses that have lost revenue because we shut them down. Um, we're going to give them a loan to help them fill that gap. Well, that doesn't mm-hmm. fix anything. A loan no. for lost revenue doesn't help. It just buries the business even farther. <laughs> that's that's right. And You're so exactly right. So it's frustrating for you know from a, a small business perspective to mm-hmm. to see that the options, the most of them are loans because to be mm-hmm. honest, that does nothing but harm the business. And yeah. so I would love to get an answer from the the higher ups in this as to what they're thinking mm-hmm. in that because I just don't think that that is. Um, the answer, but that's what we're being yeah. given as an option. Yeah, that that is that is an option, and and I agree with you because at the end of the day, you have another payment. You need to increase your revenue mm-hmm. and, and make another payment. All of all of which takes money, uh, and I I don't know the answer <laughs> uh, as to how to how to fix that. I don't even want to even attempt to offer up <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> a right. good answer there. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I don't know if you uh, want to say if "out of touch" is a uh, the correct <laughs> That's a word. That's a safe word. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, or just uh, really don't have a good grip on the situation, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And and it's not, unfortunately, it's not a one one size fits all. No, it isn't type of a deal. Uh, you know, I understand that the cruise lines and the uh, airlines are really paying a price mm-hmm. but uh you uh those are things that you have a choice of using or not yeah you know there are a lot of small town businesses that are needed to keep the communities uh viable yeah absolutely and uh to see a, an airline company get Fifty billion dollars, and right. and Craig Weinberg has to fight to get a hundred bucks. It yeah. doesn't seem quite right to me. A hundred dollar loan at but, that. Yeah, hundred dollar <laughs> right. loan. Yeah, at whatever. Yeah, forty exactly. percent interest. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then you got to file. You sign off your firstborn, right. and and run all your taxes right through the IRS for special <laughs> scrutiny. Exactly. You know. It's, yeah. It's, uh, 
Don't uh, get me started. <laughs> <Excellent>. Well, <laughs> I appreciate late, yeah. that. Yeah. Too late. Um, how? Where does? Where's the proper balance um, between uh, uh, a, a governing body deciding what businesses are um, essential, and then the free market? Where, where, where's that balance lie? Yeah, and we. Uh, it's a it's a difficult balance because you can you can look at it as that we we didn't close the the bars and restaurants mm-hmm. we let them still serve food mm-hmm. but is that really an essential business when they could people could go to the grocery store and and buy their items there and and the the question when I've been uh, asked that question in the past and I, I included in one of my press releases is is your business essential mm-hmm. and that means is it something that people could live without and if you have to think about the answer or you can't say yes right away then you maybe need to reevaluate what you're doing you know we we had uh, some of the a, a couple of businesses in town that uh, some of the employees were emailing us and and saying, "You got to close this down. You got to close <laughs> this down," um, because they weren't comfortable. Mm. You know, I talked with a bar owner, and he and he said, "You have to do something." Uh, you you can see the fear in my employees' faces when somebody comes in that they don't know, mm-hmm. and. Um, so in the end, it, it makes the decision easier for the business owner right. if they're not comfortable to just, uh, close things down and, uh, or if they can't maintain the social distancing in their business or whatever it may be. Uh, and we've encouraged everybody to be creative as they can. And I think we've seen a lot of creative ways pop up and how people are doing things and. And it seems like the, a lot of the population is frequenting or still taking advantage of the different ways of, of mm-hmm. doing things. Um, but it, it's tough to find that balance. You know, we didn't we didn't go so far as to say uh, you can't be open, but we s- stress we needed to be smart about it. Right. Right. You know, that that's probably the biggest thing. We we limited the gatherings mm-hmm. uh, because in the in the bars and the restaurants, it's it's not very controllable, and it's a easier. I want to say it makes it easier to decision for them as to decide what to do, but it's uh, easier to handle. Or you know, if you if somebody comes into your business, you don't want to do anything to ruffle any feathers. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's, it just, it, it cleans it up a little bit, but it, it's a very difficult balance because you have, uh, if the city would mandate a shutdown that, uh, some of these people, um, that are self-employed or renting a space mm-hmm. would have the opportunity to collect unemployment. If we don't mandate a closure, then they can't. And then they uh, so they got no benefits and then they have no customers right because people aren't coming in so uh, it's all uh, new territory do, do you feel do you feel that um, it is uh, appropriate in, given the circumstance 
for uh, local city officials, in, you know, across the country, to um, shut down their towns. Like, is, is that is that government? Is it constitutionally appropriate? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to, the, the, <laughs> um, we have provisions in mm-hmm. South Dakota law that allow us to take the actions necessary to preserve the health, welfare, and everything of our communities. Uh, the governor has made it clear that she's not going to, you know, step in and, and involve for herself in individual community, uh, goings on, which, uh, and how does that work in in this? Like, what does that do for you guys? Does it make uh, it easier or harder? Well, right away it was frustrating because it's like, okay, now we have to do something. Thanks for the guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean that kind of sarcastically, <laughs> but a- after uh, after you start to wade into it a little bit, uh, I believe it was the the right direction to to do. I mean, there. Uh, Melbank is different than Watertown and Sioux Falls or mm-hmm. Rapid City, whatever. So you have to do what's what's fits you best. And I kind of I like that approach because she didn't, out in Pierce she doesn't know what's good for Melbank, right? Uh, on on that sort of thing. So she left it to us to figure out. Uh, and I think it's okay. You know, uh, I know that just speaking directly towards the. Sioux Falls things that are going mm-hmm. on down there that their council was going to vote this morning to do a shelter in place that would take effect next week sometime for down there. And they were frustrated that the governor wasn't doing anything. And, and it's, there are about three layers of government there with the city council and then the county commissioners and then the governor. And, uh, she's kind of stripped that away a little bit and said, here, you, you guys figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, what's best. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I think everybody's worried about really getting hung out to dry on making the decision that probably a large percentage of the population doesn't agree with, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, if, if you, uh, are on social media at all. Oh man. You can, there is a, <laughs> there is an expert behind every computer oh, yeah. and an opinion behind every computer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, half of the people are saying we're all going to die. And the other half are saying there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> is, is it that and, much on both sides? Uh, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> well, it, it seems to be that exactly. nothing's going to happen much as growing in force by the day, uh-huh. uh, which is probably the case out here where we live. You know, you, it, it might not be impacted as quite so much, yeah. but I feel for those, the folks down there that have to make that decision. I know that they, um, they don't want to, uh, just because it's, that's the way it is. But, mm-hmm. um, at the same time, you know, now they've been thoroughly empowered to make a decision to what's best for their community. And I think they'll take advantage of that and, and do the right thing. So but would you, whatever. as the mayor of a community, would you prefer to be the, to, to have that control and have that say, or would you rather have the, the overlords, shall we say, from yeah. here dictate? Like, is it better to have the local control? I, I think it's better to have the, the local control. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I want, I was been thinking about this, you know, as to why, 
you know, the people that live in the United States, you know, the, when the originally came to the United States and live here, live here because we didn't want anybody telling us what to do. You know, that's <laughs> why freedom this, was paramount is the, was the whole thing. And this completely, you know, flies in the face of, of that thing that we've done for 250, mm-hmm. close to 250 years now. And so it's a real tough pill to swallow. And, uh, I, I don't like some of the restrictions, but I understand that they're, they need to take place. And it's, it's something that we all need to do. And basically the other aspect of that is, you know, we have to watch out for our healthcare system so it doesn't get overrun. Mm -hmm. If, if we would possibly have an outbreak in a small community and the hospital gets filled up and you uh, or I have a car accident and it's a survivable injury, but we need treatment mm-hmm. and we can't because the doctors are sick or the hospital's full. That's the, that's the elephant in the room that nobody notices is there. Well, aren't we almost in that in a weird way? Like the, there has been a moratorium, let's call it on all non life altering medicine in the state. And I think most of the country, yeah. Uh, do you yep. see that yep. as causing maybe more long-term effects? It, it, it very well could, you know, I, there are, it's interesting. I, I had talked with the chief of police this morning and the uh, uh, city attorney that was also the county state's attorney. Mm-hmm. And they said, things are really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, are, you know, there ain't much going on. It's been quiet at the courthouse. The courtroom hasn't been very busy and, the police officers are still doing their their deal around town, but the activity is has really slowed down. So, you know, there there are good things that are happening, and then there's bad things that are happening. No, when people don't move, and then also when people don't buy, the the revenue to the city goes down. Yeah, greatly. Yep. I mean, what, what is what's the impact of that just in Millbank? Well, and we we look, you know, we have. A general, what we have general fund, which is property tax dollars, and then the first penny of sales tax mm-hmm. supports the general fund, and those are items that don't generate their own revenue, like mm. the, the city operations, the streets, police, landfill, cemetery, parks, and that's where the revenue for those individual uh, funds comes is from that tax, and that's the second penny sales tax goes into our capital improvement fund. It's basically all spent on capital improvements. Okay. So what we have done now is we looked at those numbers and I've been working with uh, the finance officer and the city administrator. And for, oh, I think we first started talking about it two weeks ago and said, we need to decide where our, tipping point is on the money. I want to know what we need to meet payroll and Mm -hmm. provide the basic services, uh, what that dollar amount is for 2020. Right. Which, uh, and I can look at a budget and and find it, but then I also wanted to uh, pull all the elective items out of there. So if it's the fire department and we were going to buy something that they wanted to have but didn't need, uh, we could... Uh, pull that out of there, and then we would prioritize from that list 
of once we got to the tipping point of, okay, we got this year covered. Now we got X amount of dollars to spend. Okay, here's the thing that's coming off of the list mm -hmm. and getting plugged in. So that's kind of the approach that uh, we're using. I It's hard to say what uh, sales tax dollars are going to do. You know, all the, the big horses in town, <laughs> right. uh, you know, uh, the grocery stores and mm -hmm. And the convenience stores, uh, runnings, everybody is still That's true. going. Still so running, we, right. You know, we might not see a, a real big effect on that, but we are planning if if we do see some impact mm -hmm. to how we're going to deal with it. So we'll how, be we'll be okay. Good. How uh, how confident are you in the data you're getting in 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 the numbers? Uh, from the the COVID stuff from yeah. the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm kind of. I'm troubled by one number in particular, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up here, Craig, real quick, so I can okay have it in front of me. But there, uh, pop right up. Um, I, I look at the numbers every day, and we talk about testing and and the things that uh, come with that. And uh, for today's numbers, uh, South Dakota had 1,168 cases, mm -hmm. but then we also had 8,691 negative tests. Mm -hmm. And the the that that 8,691 kind of bugs me a little bit because it's aren't we doing the correct pre-screening stuff that we need to do, or is that number? You know what what goes into that number? Oh, you mean what so? Why why correct? are there so many negatives coming out? Why are there? Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Why so are there so, so many how negatives? are the how are these negative people getting tested? Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm uh, but you know the other numbers. There's the, you know there's asterisks by the deaths yep. and, and and things like that. And uh, I don't. Uh, one of the councilmen. Uh, I have a, that information here too. Uh, Likes numbers and did a. Oh, I have it right here. I maybe don't have it. Did a breakdown for the council, uh, statewide, percentage-wise, mm -hmm. as to uh, how how uh, COVID was affecting South Dakota, and it was really it was good information, um, you know. And if you, I I forget the exact percentage that he said was that our coming from Minnehaha County. So the statewide numbers are skewed. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. Based, based on that alone, mm -hmm. I, you know, they, they made a big, big jump again today down there in Minnehaha. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, there's hundred and no, there's 934 positive cases just from yeah. that County alone. Yeah. So you take yep. that out. I mean, that, that means statewide, there's a couple hundred. Yeah. Yep. So you'd say that we're in, mm. in pretty good shape. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I like numbers. I don't. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. Uh, uh, I don't mind uh, looking at them. Let me see. I might be close to where I was. Yeah. I don't. I guess I don't have that here in front of me now. Oh yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, it was it was interesting information that. Uh, on Sunday, March 29th, we had 90 positive cases and 3,127 negative cases. 2.8% mm -hmm. of the total tests were positive, 
and the total active cases was 61 at that time. And then you fast forward to Monday, April 13th, we had 868 positive cases, 8,134 or 9.6% uh, of total tests were positive or total active cases was 655. If you take Minnehaha and Lincoln County out of those numbers, uh, 116 positive cases, which is 14% of the state total, and 50 active cases, which is seven, a little over seven and a half percent of the state total. Mm. You know, so the the big uh, big communities are are skewing the total, you know, by quite a ways. But still, seven percent is bigger than what you see on the you know the national average. Yeah. But um, what what triggers are you guys looking at for? I should say that would cause you to. Um, look at different ordinances in the community uh i i don't uh i don't think that uh, there would be anything more you know if you talk about a shelter in place mm -hmm. i think that the community has been very very responsive to the items that we have done i think that if we do get a positive case in grant county or, or maybe it's just a matter of when that uh, just the knowledge of that will amp up mm -hmm. what we've already been doing. You know, the public's aware now. Now they really need to be aware, and uh, I, I really would prefer not to do anything. Yeah. You know, the shelter in place things or not. I, you know, we. Well, what's the enforcement the in re the re real enforcement of that kind of an order? Yeah, I, yeah, I, <laughs> that gets difficult. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. You know, you see. They saw a clip on somewhere the other day. They were out in New York. They were arresting a guy for surfing. Yes. The only guy on the beach for three miles, and they got right. cops out there pulling him out of the water. Yeah, they're certainly um, not practicing social distancing. No. Um, I I think that uh, we believe in common sense around Hopefully. here. Hopefully, right. And that goes a, that goes a long way. Yeah. So, so at this point, and I, I'm just, I'm curious, and I think our listeners are too. At this point, you aren't foreseeing more l restriction. Just no, the encouragement no. is for people to continue what we're doing and yep. try try to weather the storm. Yep, and I, I, I'm a hundred percent behind that. That you know, let's just let's do this like South Dakotans. Mm -hmm. You know, let let's do it and get it right. Um, you know, I, I said to the, I said to the guys here a couple of weeks ago that I, I had made it through, uh, five and a half years of being mayor without doing a press release. Now I've done <laughs> five in a matter of two weeks. Uh, you know, so things change pretty fast, right, right. but, uh, I, I, I think that the, the community, our residents have responded and are doing an awesome job and uh, thanks to them that uh, I don't foresee anything coming yeah. down the chute that would have to be restricted any further. What What are your thoughts on, and I know we got to wrap up here shortly, you need to go. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, religious organizations um, choosing if they want to, to get together? And, and is that uh, uh, an area that you feel that you have a say in, or is that a, a, a protected right that is kind of needs to be left up to the organizations 
Uh, I believe that that needs to be left up to the organizations. You know, that it was brought up to council meeting and, and I believe in this uh, separation of church and state, you know, that needs to be maintained. Um, that being said, you know, a lot of our local churches have their services on uh, public TV or on the mm -hmm. radio. Uh, a couple of them are doing the Facebook Live. Yep. Uh, which is a great thing. You know, we've got all this technology out there. We need to embrace it. Uh, I also understand uh, very well the person's need to uh, still go and seek comfort mm -hmm. uh, with their church and with their uh, priest. And, uh, and I also know that there's been people that have been going to church on Saturday nights or Sunday mornings for 85 years, and, <laughs> right. and that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's difficult. Uh, I, we haven't uh, really reached out to any of the ministerial association or anything like that. You know, that they've been very good at self-policing. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's where that needs to stay. You know, I don't want to, personally, I don't want to go anywhere near that. I don't think we have any <laughs> business yeah. going there. You know, it's, uh, it's one thing, you know, if everybody's sick and or, uh, if it becomes a place of community trend, uh, yeah. transmission, yeah. you know, but, uh, until that point, uh, that's where they know what's best mm -hmm. and, uh, we have to let them yeah. make that decision. Well, and there really has been a pretty good response, I think from the, well, I think for everyone that I've been in contact with, with the ch different churches, they've all really embraced this and, you know, let's do what we can, um, mm -hmm. to help stop this, but also understanding that. Uh, people's emotional and mental state is almost equally, well, it is equally as important. And Absolutely. so how, how can we adapt that, um, mm -hmm. our, our methods to reach out to people, even though we may not be able to reach out in a group of, you know, 150 in the same room anymore, um, how can we still do that? And and I do think that, that Millbank, the churches have done a great job with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I know you need to head off here shortly, but I really appreciate you coming on. Um, as we go farther down this, um, I would love it if you'd, if we could do this again, maybe in the next uh, month or so. Absolutely. That'd be fine, Craig. Yep. Just uh, let me know when Wonderful. you want to set something up and we'll have a look at the schedule and we'll go from there. I will do Perfect. it. Um, where is the best place for people to get information from? Like as you put information out, what's the best way for people to get that from you? Um, we're from the local media outlets. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the Grand County Review is, is our designated newspaper. Uh, we also stuff goes to the Valley Express to KMSD and then through the city administrator Facebook page, Millbank, Millbank City Administrator on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. John, John uh, mans that, and if there's any press releases, they go out on there, and and we try and all share them and awesome. like them so they they get out. But uh, those are our our four main ways of are getting our information out. We all, if it's something that's urgent, uh, we'll do the code red thing or uh, the city notification thing that we have. Okay. That people text or email so it's there or if they Wonderful. have any questions just give a shout excellent well Good. i appreciate thank it thank you, you so much mayor have a wonderful yeah, day bet. stay you safe too sir that was mayor pat rafferty here on the interview podcast in the y milbank podcast studio um we appreciate him coming on and we know it's a it's a unique time in the world that we're in 
But uh, he sounds like he understands that Millbank people are pretty resilient and for the most part <laughs> have a decent amount of common sense. So we appreciate that. We obviously want to keep our community safe. Um, but we don't want to destroy it either. So there is that fine line. I need to talk about living on that cutting edge of what that looks like. Um, so thank you, Mayor, for coming on. Uh, we will do this again as soon as we can get him back on uh, in the next month or so. Probably closer to when the uh, the restaurant and the the non-congregation, congregating ban, uh, ban restriction gets lifted or is coming up to be lifted. Uh, we'll try to get him back on. Otherwise, thanks for listening. This is the interview on the Y Milbank Podcast Network, ymilbank.com. Have a great day. Thanks a lot.